0: Hey Shanna, did you know that you can purchase audiobooks directly from your local bookstore?
1: Yes, with Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But with Libro FM,
0: you get to search up your local indie bookstore and support them instead. And if you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to squeeze more reading into your busy life. I constantly have a book in my ear because cleaning the house or exercising is so much more fun while reading.
1: Sign up for Libro.fm and use the code GOODBOOKS to get two books instead of one for the price of your first month's membership. Good books. Good books. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Best Book Club podcast. I'm Shanna. And I'm Jen. And today, we will be discussing the book Rebecca by Daphne
0: du Maurier. You've been waiting for this for so long. For literally years. (laughs) And I've had your book for literally so long. (laughs) Oh,
1: and it's so beautiful. I'll get it back on my shelf, just probably to lend out to somebody for another couple years. Yes, probably. (laughs) But the more people who read this, it's just, it's nice when people understand what I'm talking about, because I never shut up about this book.
0: It's true. It's just easier to know. Yes. <laughs> it's just easier to have read it. Really. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we'll just jump right in and talk about the author, Daphne de Maurier. I've never read anything by her before, but there are some other books that have popped up that are kind of on my radar. Is it the cousin one? Because that's the next one I want to read. Oh, I don't know. Is it called the cousin something? I think it's called My Cousin Rachel. Oh, no. It's called something about a house. And it has weird time stuff in it. And I thought about you when I oh. heard about it. Uh, uh, definitely should have uh, <laughs> looked this up before I decided to say all this. I will let you know. <laughs> okay, perfect. I do definitely want
1: to read more Daphne du Maurier. I don't know if... Kay. There's a brand of cigarettes called DeMaurier. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that's all I could ever think about.
0: Um, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah, my mom smoked
1: them when I was little.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I used to smoke those.
1: (laughs) But I don't know if there's any connection. Probably not. Probably
0: not, but also probably something we should have looked up before talking about it. Oh, well,
1: I just, I'm never sure what I can say because as we've... (laughs) decided I don't do or read the docs before we start this so for all I know three paragraphs from now you've got a whole thing about Daphne du Maurier and the cigarette fortune
0: I don't not this time unfortunately (laughs) I missed out on that research okay who is she actually (laughs) not the cigarette mogul yeah Yeah. I mean I've got my own theories (laughs) Okay, so she is an English author and playwright uh, who was born in London on May 13th, 1907. But she spent most of her life in Cornwall, where most of her stories are set. Her parents were actors, her grandfather was a writer, her uncle was a journalist and writer, and these family connections helped to establish her as a writer. Yeah, that would all be very helpful. Yes, yes, that would be. Absolutely. Her first novel was called The Loving Spirit – It was published in 1931. This novel, Rebecca, was published in 1938 and was one of her most successful and popular books. In the U.S., it won the National Book Award for Favorite Novel of 1938. And in the U.K., it was listed at number 14 of the nation's best loved novels on the BBC's 2003 survey, The Big Read.
1: Yeah, it's pretty great.
0: It was pretty good, yeah.
1: She married Frederick Browning in 1932 and became Lady Browning. And then in 1969, she became Dame, Dame, Daphne Mm -hmm. du Maurier, Lady Browning.
0: Ooh. She had a whole title.
1: Yes. Um, Dame being the female version of Knight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Rude. Well, that is rude. (laughs) I I didn't know that. And also, what? I really hope that this has been changed as of now.
1: It does make me feel better if somebody calls me a dame, at least. This is true. But... Although I'd rather they call me knight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apparently, she wasn't a fan of the title and told no one, not even her three children about it.
0: Oh, I would never shut up about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have mixed feelings. Yeah, uh, well. <laughs>
1: Also, fun fact, when Rebecca was published in Brazil, there were accusations of plagiarism because she had an identical plot and even a few identical scenes to a book called The Successor, written by Brazilian author Carolina Nubico, but du De Maurier denied the accusations. But then, when her short story The Birds came out, writer Frank Baker accused her of plagiarizing his novel, also
0: called The Birds. Hmm. <laughs> That's a pretty big coincidence, but also it who is. knows?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess in Brazil, it would have been published in Spanish? Yeah. Did she speak Spanish? Probably not. Was it also published in English? Did you do any
0: of this research? (laughs) Well, I considered reading The Successor, but The Successor is the translated name, and I'm pretty sure it's probably still in Spanish. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So it would take me a really long time. (laughs) Okay, well, you know what? Next time. Next time, I'll do better research. (laughs) I probably could have at least read no because then i would if i read the short story of the birds i'd have to read the whole novel also called the birds that's just too much i'm just gonna believe them you know what yeah that's that's a lot of prep work <laughs> but i am just curious about the identical scenes so hmm. also if there's another book that's the same as rebecca that might be cool to read yes definitely so maybe it is in english maybe we'll find out
1: yeah i mean i'll read it i'll fall in love with it i'll make everybody else read it The circle continues. Mm
0: -hmm. She'll have one shelf of all Achilles and Achilles-adjacent books, (laughs) and then another shelf of Rebecca and Rebecca-adjacent books. Yes, yes. I've got a plan. Apparently, she was known for being kind of cold, even to her family, and also a pretty private person. But she was also described by many as being warm and funny. So I guess she was like a whole human whos not (laughs) one-dimensional. She
1: sounds like my kind of lady.
0: Yeah, (laughs) sounds good to me. Her husband died in 1965, and after her death in 1989, rumors- (gasps) I was born then. Oh, yeah. I just kind of picture her in the 1800s (laughs) for some reason.
1: Maybe I'm Daphne du Maurier reincarnated. No, probably not. No,
0: (laughs) probably not. (laughs) I'm cold and funny. Oh, my God, you are her. (laughs) I have three kids. It's amazing. <laughs> well, now we know. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> after her death, rumors began about various sexual relationships that she had with people, including an actress named Gertrude Lawrence. Which I didn't write in here, but I think I remember reading that her father also had a relationship with this actress. So that's weird. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, look, see, we're basically the same. But until <laughs> you said that, and it's like, no, we're not the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it gets to be even more, you're not the same. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> Apparently in her memoir, Du Maurier admits that her father always wanted a son, and she, being what she would describe a tomboy, wished that she had been born a boy. It was also said that she described herself as having two personalities, one being the one she showed to the world, which was that of a wife and mother, and the second one that she hid from almost everyone, and that was more of a male energy. And that male side was where most of her writing came from. You know, I did know about this. So yeah, you're right. We're not the same. <laughs> No, it you get even more not the same. Just What? <laughs> okay. Well I mean, did I put it in here? Oh, maybe I didn't put it in here. Well wait, I'll 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 tell you after. One second.
1: <laughs> okay, I am really showing my cards on not having <laughs> read ahead on this episode. Sorry guys. Uh, anyways, since Rebecca was published, it's never gone out of print. In twenty seventeen, it was voted the UK's favorite book of the past two hundred and twenty-five years. It was also adapted to film by Alfred Hitchcock in 1940 (laughs) and by Netflix in 2020. It has also been adapted for the stage, Broadway, and was even made into an opera. Whoa, we have a lot of road
0: trips to go on. So many. Whew. We also have to, like we have to see Carrie on Broadway too. Yeah, or it's a- off Broadway, I guess. But we're going to be seeing a lot of weird Broadway.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> but an opera? Come on,
0: an opera would be so cool. I just want to go to any opera, honestly. I don't really want to go to any opera. I'd probably what? just go to this one. <laughs> oh. uh, I'd, I think I'd get bored after like three seconds.
1: Oh yeah, are they like three hours long?
0: Mm -hmm. You don't really know what's going on.
1: No, but do I have to wear a fancy dress and people call me Dame?
0: Maybe. No, I hope so. Well, they probably wouldn't call you Dame. (laughs) I'll ask them It actually, it actually means something, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the one thing I was going to mention in here, which apparently she talked about it in her memoir as well a little bit, but there is also quite a lot of talk that she had a bit of an incestuous relationship with her father. Oh, no. Yeah. So I read something where she had said that there was something between them and she didn't do anything to stop it or something and then oh. I kind of was like I'm gonna come back and read this because this seems like a lot of information and then I never got to it but it was it came up quite a few times in my in my research
1: oh I have never read that I thought you're gonna say about how she uh, wasn't crazy about being a mom oh and I was like well I'm obviously the world's best mom <laughs>
0: well you are a pretty good mom and you are pretty crazy about being a mom it's pretty good i do love it uh, i mean it's not easy and it's you know not for everyone but i think it's for you you're okay it's pretty much for me yes i wouldn't call you out as not being a great (laughs) mom oh yeah it says right here i was like i was
1: was just ready for you to like to start complimenting me and they're like incest with her dad it's like oh no (laughs) 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 i had read something that with rebecca she had started writing it and then she had total writer's block and then she left her family and then she wrote the whole thing in like a month
0: Mm -hmm. i think i remember reading something like that too there was so much about this woman this bio is pretty condensed
1: would you like to hear the synopsis i would love to working as a lady's companion the orphaned heroine of rebecca learns her place Life begins to look very bleak, until, on a trip to the south of France, she meets Maxim de Winter, a handsome widower whose sudden proposal of marriage takes her by surprise. Whisked from glamorous Monte Carlo to his brooding estate, Manderley, on the Cornish coast, the new Mrs. de Winter finds Max a changed man, and the memory of his dead wife Rebecca is forever kept alive by the forbidding Mrs. Danvers. Dun dun
0: dun dun. I feel like I have to do that for every <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> so I mean, you pretty much never shut up about this book, but <laughs> just in case someone hasn't heard your general thoughts and rating. What would you rate this book, Shanna? I would rate this book five stars. Yeah. Um, I love it.
1: It is fantastic. It is all mood and all atmosphere, and it is ugh it is just so cold. <laughs> I love that about it. How about you, Jen?
0: Yeah, I think I would also give it five stars. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, there was definitely no warmth in this book, which was just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really felt like the whole time I was watching like a a 1940s movie, the whole thing felt really cinematic to me. I could really picture everything that was going on. She was so great at describing the characters and the setting. And yeah, it was it was so much better than I was expecting. I don't know. I'm not a big classics person, so I was skeptical. Yeah. I'm never sure with classics because I
1: generally, I'd say like four to five classics, I'm like, yeah. Classics rule. And then I make other people read them, and they're like, I can't even read these words.
0: <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's usually the problem. Like, I was reading something about spontaneous human combustion today. <laughs> As you do, yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, they were talking about how in Charles Dickens and another author, like Mark Twain, maybe. I don't know. Some of those old guys, they use that spontaneous human combustion in their novels to kill people off and I'm like what (laughs) What? I'm gonna need to read me some
1: oh that's I was like she's gotta be going somewhere (laughs)
0: I'm always going somewhere with everything (laughs) uh well yeah that sounds excellent I would love that that makes me want to read it way more yeah (laughs)
1: yeah and the language in Rebecca is super accessible Yes, it doesn't have any extra ease at the end of words like oldie. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was totally easy to read, which was really refreshing. And it really felt like it. I like. I was really surprised that it was published in 1938 because 1938, right? Yes, we're 34. Doesn't matter. <laughs> in the 30s. Yeah. Um, It just felt really modern, and the the language felt modern, and the story felt modern. It's really hard to place the time, actually, while you're reading it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely highly recommend. Success. Okay, so
1: we are going to get into the plot and discussion. So from this point on, the episode will contain spoilers. Last night, I dreamt I went to Manderley again.
0: I just thought you would really want to say that.
1: I do. It is such an iconic (laughs) line. It is. Oh, what an opening. I think it's one of the best first lines in, I mean, there are some great first lines, but it is up there.
0: Pretty down there with me, but that's okay. What? (laughs) Are you kidding me right now? I don't know. It's fine, I guess. Oh, name one better one. (laughs) Uh, Not to put you on the spot. I'll get back to you on that. (laughs)
1: But I'm sure there's... The man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. I think that's the best first line ever.
0: (laughs) Better than this one.
1: (laughs) Okay, sorry. This is not about Stephen King. That was last time. (laughs)
0: But I don't care about the first line, but I just knew you loved it.
1: Yeah, I do. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I'd put it down, apparently. (laughs) That's not where I was planning on going (laughs) going with this. You always have somewhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> always. Okay. So the opening scene of the book finds us in a dream at the gates of Manderley. Our main character, who by the way remains unnamed throughout the entire book, so we're going to say our main character quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she stands at the lock gates. She's then she finds out that she's able to like pass through them like a ghost. Uh, the driveway is usually pristine, but it is now overgrown. And she continues searching for the house, which seems to move further and further away until it's finally there before her. At first, it's as though the house is still theirs, still alive with them, as if they've just, like, stepped out for a moment. But then the moon falls behind the cloud and drops the house into darkness, and she knows it's not theirs anymore. It is no more. No more. Dun-dun-dun. Again. Yeah, some nice foreboding feels right at the beginning. Yep. Really set up the rest of the book, because you're like what's happened here.
1: In a small hotel, a couple lives each day in routine, both haunted by Manderley, but neither able or willing to talk about it. Our main character thinks about how much she's changed since the first time she went to Manderley, and she remembers back to a lunch in Monte Carlo with a horrible, snobby, rich woman to whom she was being paid to be a companion, Mrs. Van Hopper, when the owner of Manderley, (laughs) Maxim de Winter, sat at the table next to them. Mrs. Van Hopper is obsessed with trying to get in with the other rich people, but she's actually insufferable. She tricks the Winter into having coffee with them. And at first, he's content about it, but he quickly finds out how insufferable she is and gets out of there like as quickly and politely as he can. Later, our main character gets a private note from him saying, Forgive me, I was very rude this afternoon. I mean, he wasn't that rude.
0: <laughs> no, he wasn't at all. <laughs> Yeah, the person who was rude was definitely Mrs. Van Hopper. Um, yeah, <laughs> what? I was yeah a little confused about the note, but also I thought that's nice.
1: That is nice of him.
0: Luckily, the next morning, Van Hopper wakes up with the flu and is assigned a nurse for the next two weeks leaving her companion with not a lot to do. Uh, When she goes for lunch in the restaurant, she finds Maxim, and seeing that she's alone, he invites her to join him, and they end up having a really great time together. When she says she plans on going out to do some sketching after lunch, he offers to drive her. It turns out that it's too windy to sit with the sketchbook, so they drive around, getting to know each other.
1: Do you know how badly I wanted sketching to be like a huge part of her personality? Just to bug the hell
0: out of you? Oh my god, if every time she <laughs> saw anything, she was like, and then I sketched it in my mind, the lines appearing before me.
1: Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, it would have been so funny. Ugh, I would have died. Daphne de Maurier doesn't care about bugging you 100 years in the future, though, <laughs> apparently. Apparently not,
0: but it's okay.
1: She knows, because of the gossiping Mrs. Van Hopper, that Max had a wife named Rebecca, who apparently drowned near their house, Manderly, which is their house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the name of the house. Yes, Manderly. By the way.
1: Which he always avoids talking about. Not
0: the house. <laughs> the wife. <laughs> but also kind of the Well, no, I guess he talks uh, about the house. He loves the house. Yeah. A lot, as we'll find out.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their drive ends at the top of a mountain lookout. Maxim seems to be somewhere else entirely, like he's forgotten she was there at all. When he comes back to reality, he apologizes, but he's lost the easiness he had earlier. He becomes dark and haunted. He says he's been there before and wanted to see if it had changed at all. It hadn't. He drives her back to the hotel, and on the way back, does open up about Manderley a little, describing the grounds and the gardens. When she goes to grab her stuff, she happens upon a book of poems. He tells her that she can take it to read. When she opens it later, she finds that it was a gift to him from Rebecca, and it falls open to a particular page and a poem that has obviously been read a lot. This scene was scary. He, like, gets all possessed, and then goes to, like, the edge, where they almost drive off a mountain, and you're just like, okay, cool, red flag, but he's pretty rich, (laughs) so (laughs) I guess it's okay. Okay. The scary guy.
0: He's just so sad about his wife. So sad. Although... (laughs) Shh, they don't know yet. (laughs) When you actually find out the whole story. It's like, why are you so upset driving off a cliff? Why are you being so weird, man? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Be cool. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He definitely needs to chill.
0: Yeah. But I really liked how, like, right from this part on our main character just becomes kind of haunted by Rebecca. And this is kind of the first time that it happens where she gets this book of poems and she sees the- R, the swirly old R. Yeah. And yeah, the poem was called The Hound of Heaven by Francis Thompson. And I was supposed to look it up because the lines that were in the book were kind of weird, but I didn't. So <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, that was The Hound of Heaven by
1: Francis Thompson. If you want to go ahead and Google that.
0: Yeah. Google it. <laughs> Felt important. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Almost important. Uh, so she spends the next two weeks driving around with him in the morning and then having lunch with him at the hotel. One day while driving, she says that she wishes there was a way to bottle memories so she could save the moment and come back to it whenever she wants. She asks why he chooses to spend his time with her. She thinks he's just being polite and kind. Then, feeling bold, she points out that he knows everything there is to know about her, but she knows nothing about him except what she already knew when they met. He asks what she knew, and she admits only that he lives at Manderley and that his wife died. He goes quiet for a long time, then pulls over to the side of the road and tells her that he doesn't want to bottle memories. He finds them bitter and he wants to forget. That is why he is in Monte Carlo. And then he lets her have it a little. He tells her that he spends time with her because he wants to, and if she doesn't believe him, she can get out of the car and find her own way home. Once again, red flag. (laughs) Well, in my, she was being all like, "Oh, I'm just so like 21 and so young, and why do you even like me? Oh my god!" (laughs) I would have told her to get out too. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Walk home. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, this is what happens when you try dating a 21 year old when you're like 42.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. He's really old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, 42 year olds. Not really old. It's
1: really old compared to her. (laughs) To her, yes. So she's embarrassed and near tears and thinks she completely messed it up with him, that this will be the last time she sees him. But as he drives her back to the hotel, he reaches for her hand and then throws her hat off and pulls her towards him. So now she's sitting against him in the car with his arm around her, and he says that they can just forget the whole thing.
0: Yeah, this felt like such a movie scene to me. I loved it (laughs) so much. (laughs) Like, he just throws her hat off pulls her into it. A... Yeah. yeah. I loved it. It's
1: back before seatbelts, I guess.
0: Yeah. Or before you didn't throw people's hats out the windows. <laughs> She's not rich. Yeah, like... so probably is ugly hat anyway. It's okay. <laughs> probably. But it might have been her only hat. Maybe yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what you're getting at.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would be so mad if somebody threw my hat away. Even if it was ugly. Even I mean obviously I liked
0: it. I was wearing it.
1: <laughs> uh...
0: Okay. So carry on as before, and then Van Hopper recovers from her illness and decides that they will be leaving Monte Carlo and they will join her daughter on a ship to New York immediately. They're leaving the very next day. So she tries to find Maxim, but he's left word that he won't be back until late. So she cries all night at the thought of never seeing him again. The next morning, Van Hopper decides that she wants to leave even earlier and tells her to go and arrange an earlier train. Instead of going down to the front desk, she runs upstairs to Maxim's room and tells him what's happening. He invites her to breakfast with him and gives her the option to go to New York with Van Hopper or go to Manderley with him as his wife. Obviously. These are your two (laughs) options.
1: Although Van Hopper was such a bag, I would have been like, you know what? Marry me. Because no. Right? (laughs) Ugh. Yes.
0: Yeah, she was. She was not a nice woman.
1: She was like such a character, though. That yeah. I actually kind of loved her in like a character that you hate kind of way.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> character that you like to read, but also not live with.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't actually want to know this woman. No, but everybody kind of knows one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> she obviously accepts the marriage proposal, uh, even though she's confused as to why he would want that. He's annoyed with her because of it too, but he decides it would be best if he told Van Hopper, so she goes to her room and waits for him to break the news. While waiting, she already feels haunted by Rebecca and takes a book of poems he gave her and cuts the dedication page out and cuts it into tiny pieces, puts it in the garbage, and burns it. There you go. That's a
0: fresh start. (laughs) Yeah, or just starting off your marriage by (laughs) cutting up your husband's book and burning it (laughs) you know what who who didn't (laughs) (laughs) trick question and she doesn't have books (laughs) yeah (laughs) you would just be cutting up your own book yeah (laughs) so van hopper isn't very kind about the marriage she tells her that she won't be able to handle the duties of a wife or of manderley and tells her that the only reason maxim asked her to marry him was because he can't handle the house on his own and he's tired of living there alone so you obviously marry this completely
1: inexperienced person To run an estate. Makes sense. Oh, totally. Why wouldn't he think of
0: that? (laughs) Because he's a guy. (laughs) They don't think of that.
1: (laughs) I mean, but couldn't he go and find somebody who would be able to run the house if he was just going to marry whoever?
0: Yes. In the way that Van Hopper is thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. Yes. Um, So then we cut to they've been married for seven weeks. They've been traveling around, having a great time together. And now it's time to return to Manderley. When they get there, the entire house staff is waiting to see the new Mrs. DeWinter, and most terrifying of all is Mrs. Danvers. Everyone else seems perfectly nice and normal, but she's described as tall and gaunt, dressed in deep black, whose prominent cheekbones and great hollow eyes give her a skull face, parchment white, set on a skeleton's frame. So spooky. That's scary. That's a scary woman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, after tea, it's time to see their rooms, and she finds out that Maxim had set them up in a wing of the house usually used for guests. Though relatively polite and professional, it's obvious that Mrs. Denvers loved Rebecca and hates the new Mrs. DeWinter. <laughs> oh, she's so rude. She's
1: so rude. She was horrifying. But yeah, once again, one of those characters that I mean, she's iconic now, though. She's. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, they couldn't have the book without her. But
1: No, and I'm sure plenty of these spooky house ladies have been based on a mrs danvers oh yeah for sure the next morning after an unnecessarily elaborate breakfast she is informed that the
0: (laughs) yeah it was like super elaborate (laughs) it's two people having breakfast and it was like a buffet (laughs)
1: so much like unless they're doing it because they've got all the house to feed way too much yeah she's informed that the former mrs de winter spent her mornings in the morning room writing her letters and doing house stuff after finding out where the morning room even is, she looks through the desk, feeling like an intruder, when the phone rings, and the person on the other end says, Mrs. DeWinter? And she says, she's not here. She's been dead for over a year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Turns um, out it's actually Mrs. Danvers calling on the house line to ask her about the day's menus. So awkward. <laughs> so awkward.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's like, um, hello, it's you. <laughs> oh yeah, it's cringy. So Maxim's sister Beatrice then shows up at the house with the, with her husband for lunch, though Maxim hasn't returned from like whatever he's doing, working. What is he? What, does what he is do? his job? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think of that. And I was like, I have literally no idea. Is he just rich and that's just how it is, and he just does rich stuff? I. It must be right. Yeah, I don't know. No idea what he's doing ever.
1: Well, she didn't need to worry her pretty little head about it anyways. No,
0: who cares? Our main character doesn't like the idea of having to meet Maxim's sister without him, so she literally just runs away to hide. She then finds herself lost in a stone passage that inevitably leads to the West Wing, which is where Maxim and Rebecca's rooms were.
1: Run and hide is her go-to move. Oh, yeah. Anytime anything happens, she just takes (laughs) off running. (laughs) Yeah, fight or flight, she is all flight. Yep. So she runs into Mrs. Danvers, who's all like, oh, it's so weird that you would be lost. And if you wanted to see these rooms, you should have just told me. I'll show you everything. And then she's forced to go and face Beatrice, but luckily Maxim is there now. So it's not quite so bad. I mean, if I had to meet my husband's family alone for the first time after we were already married, I also would be like, no you (laughs) show
0: up too yeah no that sounds awful
1: oh but yeah otherwise everything is going fine um beatrice and maxim have some sibling stuff going on but who doesn't (laughs) right at the end of the visit beatrice remarks that our main character is nothing at all like rebecca which really at that point she should have elaborated on
0: yeah right (laughs) like because at this point our main character is like oh no everyone thinks that rebecca is so much better than me but we find out that that's not what everyone thought. No. It would have been so much more helpful if they had said, thank God you're not like Rebecca. Exactly.
1: Well, <laughs> I think actually only Beatrice and Maxim think that. Oh, and Frank. Yeah. Everybody else. True.
0: Yeah. It's fine, I guess. No. But they're the main ones. So. Yeah, that's true. Mrs. Denver's. should be the only one who's mm-hmm. really like... And we don't really know how the rest of the house felt, because they they aren't main characters. <laughs> no, they don't have thoughts or feelings or... Even really lines most of the time. Robert (laughs) has some feelings. He gets sad one time. (laughs) One time, yeah, that's true. Looks awkward (laughs) for a minute. Once Beatrice leaves, she and Maxim go for a walk towards the ocean. Their dog, Jasper, really wants to go down one path, but Maxim is clear that that is not the way he wants to go. So they take another path, which leads to the Happy Valley, which is this beautiful flower-filled valley with a little stream. And everything is so calm and magical. It did sound magical. Yeah. And we're not here to talk about the movie, but I just wanted to mention that in the 2020 version, there's no happy valley, there's no flowers, there's no little stream, there's no magic. And I was really disappointed to not see that on the screen because it was just described so beautifully. At the very least, we should have had like so many flowers. So many flowers. And I didn't even, I don't remember one flower. I remember some cactuses. Cacti. (laughs) I remember that, but no flowers. Yeah. Anyways, it's fine. It's it's not.
1: The- <laughs> no, <laughs> lots of the atmosphere of this book is the flowers. Yeah, they even have like scent, which is like yeah. used a lot. It's ah, uh, it's lovely. Yeah. But at the end of the path, they walk under an arch of flowers and find themselves on the beach, which seems jarring to me. Actually,
0: yeah. Which they mentioned that in the book too. Actually, there was a line that was like, I think Maxim says, "Oh, it's quite a contrast, isn't it?" Yeah. To <laughs> go from the flowers onto the beach, but Jasper
1: takes off. And it turns out that he has run away up over some rocks into the next little cove. She wants to follow him to try to find him. But Maxim's like, no, just leave him. He will find his way home. Eventually she disagrees and goes anyway, which does not make Maxim very happy. (laughs) Well, man, it's your dog. Like, you can't just be like, bye dog. Or be like
0: wife. Let me explain to you why this would upset me. Yes. Also, she lives there. She's going to find this little cottage boathouse soon Anyways, She's going to find it out. You can't keep it a secret. She lives there. It's her house. Because, yeah, on the other side of the rocks is a cove very similar to the one that she just left. But this one has a small boathouse. Jasper is barking at a man who's digging on the beach. The man is described in a way that shows he is developmentally disabled in some way, though not described in a way that we would say is okay to describe people as now. (laughs) No, no, that (laughs) did not age particularly well. No, it did not. But anyways, she needs something to tie up the dog with, so she enters the boathouse to look for some kind of string or rope. But when she enters the building, it is not... What she was expecting. It was fully furnished and almost looked as though someone was living there,
1: except that everything was covered in black spots of mold and the fabric of the sofa bed had been torn apart by rats. At the back of the cottage, there was a door that led to a boat store. (laughs) Sorry, I was smashing like a store. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like,
1: hello, welcome to my store. (laughs) Uh, There she's found some string to tie up Jasper. When she leaves the cottage, she finds the man watching her, and he says a bunch of stuff to her, implying that her going in there was wrong, and that he knows what happened to Rebecca. She doesn't come anymore. Then he says, I never said nothing, did I? And you know what his name is? Ben. <laughs> of course. People keep getting named Ben in books. There's always a Ben in every book. Yeah, but how come they can't be good Bens? My
0: There's a Ben in my book that I wrote that's He's good. Oh, Ben in my book was bad. <laughs> Uh, and ben my teddy bear's name is ben he's good oh that's nice. <laughs> this is my son ben <laughs> <laughs> maybe we said ben too much <laughs> you say his
1: name three times and you conjure him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's up there aren't right, you supposed to be sl- is daddy asleep mommy's doing something so you have to be sh- 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 sh.
0: so yeah uh ben's <laughs> oh yeah (laughs) all right (laughs) maxim appears then and she leaves the man on the beach to follow him back up to the house he's obviously upset with her for going there and walks really fast as she struggles to keep up uh ben we learn lives on the property with his parents who do some kind of work on the estate and he says that ben pretends to be worse off than he is don't know about that um, but he finds out that she went to the boathouse and isn't super happy about it because it's supposed to be locked up. They have a big fight about it. Maxim says that he, Maxim says that he didn't want to go there because there are too many bad memories. When they get back to Manderley, they make up over tea. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so before they went on their walk,
1: Maxim insisted that she didn't have time to go up to her room to grab her own jacket, and one was given to her from the closet downstairs. After the walk, she finds a handkerchief in the pocket with lipstick and Rebecca's initials embroidered on it. And also this jacket smells like Rebecca and it's like long and thin because Rebecca was tall and like just a human specimen. Mm-hmm. So now she's also got like this physical features to her in her mind and just...
0: Ugh. Um So yeah, here's... She's like... Being haunted by Rebecca. She's kind of intimidated by her, wondering what she's like and how she kind of stands up next to her. But she's also like getting really kind of curious about her. And if I remember correctly, which I could be wrong, maybe I was just making it up because it was 4 a.m., <laughs> but didn't she like see this handkerchief with the lipstick on it and like put it to her own lips? Oh, yeah. Is that yeah, a thing? yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like she's she wasn't entirely upset <laughs> i think it would have been so
1: much kinder if people had just like shown her and talked to her about rebecca mm-hmm. cuz she becomes obsessed with her like she kind of starts falling in love with her and decides yeah. that she's better than she is
0: yeah and the whole thing is based on so many misunderstandings mm-hmm. and just misinformation so yeah they continue on with life after this but she is very worried about upsetting him again so she is basically just walking on eggshells around him at all times
1: that's what you want in a marriage
0: that's healthy yeah (laughs) so people start just arriving at the house to pay their respects to the
1: bride which nobody did for me by the way
0: (laughs) thank God. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awful, really.
1: Right? And then you have to have tea with all these people? No. And then she's expected to politely return the calls at their house, which is awful.
0: Which is even worse. It's so oh. bad. Oh my god.
1: After one especially frustrating visit, she sees Frank, who is like some sort of agent of Maxim's. He's like, uh, does
0: something with him. The and estate what his, manager. His job, uh, his whatever Maxim does for work. Yeah, but I they're know. also like buddies. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. <laughs>
1: We, yeah, we aren't really sure what the heck he did.
0: (laughs) Frank's important. His job isn't. How about that?
1: Maybe it is important. I don't know.
0: I mean, it's not to me anyways. (laughs) (laughs) He works, yeah,
1: for him in some capacity. She sees Frank and tells the driver that she will walk with him the rest of the way. So poor Frank just gets totally cornered. And this is a long (laughs) driveway. Yeah, there's no escaping. Then, needing to know more information about Rebecca, she lays into him with questions. She trusts him and considers him a friend, but the questioning makes him obviously very uncomfortable. This is where she learns that, yes, the boathouse was Rebecca's. There used to be a boat buoyed there, but it capsized one night and she drowned. She spent a lot of time down there, day and night, and no one knew that it had happened until it was too late. They didn't find her body for two months, about 40 miles away, and Maxim was the one to identify the body. The body was also missing
0: its arms. Yeah, its arms were ripped off. What else? I mean, it was in the water for two months, so yeah. How you are able to identify anybody after that amount of time... Yes, yeah. doesn't really seem like it's possible, does it? Did she happen to have a big chest tattoo of her own name? That would be helpful. <laughs> I kind of feel like that would have washed off. <laughs> With her skin? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, So funny. <laughs> 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 so she goes on to confess that she feels awful being compared to Rebecca all the time, and that it seems like there's no way she'd be able to live up to all that she did and who she was. Frank is so kind to her and lets her know that no one thinks about her like that and that all of her own qualities, though different from Rebecca, are just as good, if not better. He says that if anyone dares to say otherwise in his presence, he will shut them down by saying so. Then she asks one final question. Was Rebecca very beautiful? And Frank responds that she was the most beautiful creature he's ever seen in his whole life. Ugh. Well, she did ask. (laughs) She did ask. He kind of lied. I
1: mean, but she said, please don't lie. And then what's she going to find out? Like, what if she sees her? And
0: she's the most beautiful creature in the world. Yeah, well, it doesn't mean Frank has to think so. I also think Frank is gay. Yeah, Frank could possibly be gay. So that wouldn't even be a lie. Plus, she's so horrible. Like, you know when people are horrible, horrible people? They're not attractive anymore. That's true. They get uglier and uglier the more horrible they get. So I don't know. I just think he could have said, nah, she's fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she was pretty hot. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't help. It doesn't help.
1: No. No, it just really digs into her brain. Mm-hmm. So anyways, she's going on with her life at Manderley. She's trying to make it home. She's trying to live there, but nobody is making it easy on her. Then beatrice sends her some art books for a wedding gift which is sweet yeah. uh yes she likes to draw they didn't yeah. <laughs> emphasize it enough but <laughs>
0: yeah, no, this is where it pretty much ends it's okay
1: but what i do actually love is that in the book she's always like i don't really draw that much <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> yeah keeps going up that she's such a good drawer and
1: then she's like nah you know like what's that thing where you like you say to your mom one time that you like owls Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) And then you get owl stuff until you're 30, and you're like, oh Yeah, you can't say that you like anything. It's too risky. (laughs) Yes. So anyways, that happened to her, and she got a bunch of books. While she's trying to put her new books on her desk, she knocks over a Cupid figurine and breaks it, which is good. Sounded ugly. Super ugly. But instead of telling anyone, she just sweeps it up into an envelope and hides it in the back of her desk. Then, later on, she finds out that one of the staff is being accused of stealing it, Uh, That would be Robert. Maxim and Frith, who is the butler, are going on and on about it, about how expensive it was. And our main character is just sitting there saying nothing. Which, come on, girl. (laughs) Then they say they must get Mrs. Danvers involved to get to the bottom of it. Not wanting that, she finally speaks up and tells Maxim that it was her. And he's really annoyed that she didn't say anything. And Mrs. Danvers does not make her feel any better about breaking one of Rebecca's
0: ornaments. Ugh, it was so awkward.
1: <laughs> so awkward. Like, when you're standing ugh. there watching, like, okay, this guy's definitely gonna get fired. If I don't say something. But it's, like,
0: also too late. Yeah. <laughs> ugh. Uh, yeah. It, there's just so many moments in this book room I'm just, like, cringing. Like, ugh. This character is, she's just so awkward. She's so full of anxiety. Oh, she yeah. makes me feel so uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah, she does this thing throughout the book where she fully – like, she has basically panic attacks or, like, anxiety attacks, and she fully pictures what everybody is saying and doing, like, to the point that it feels like you're reading a scene – but you're just reading her thoughts. Yeah, she's pretty intense.
0: Yep. (laughs) Although those parts kind of felt a little bit like I was reading about someone's dreams. (laughs) Ha ha. It's like, oh, this didn't even happen. It might have (laughs) been. No. (laughs) (laughs) So she then goes into a shame spiral and goes on to Maxim about how it's all her fault. She can't go to people's houses anymore. Everyone is judging her. And the only reason he married her was because she is dull and quiet. Maxim as he does, gets pretty annoyed, and suggests that maybe she isn't happy, maybe he rushed her into the marriage, and maybe she doesn't want to be there at all. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Because there's some good points. (laughs) They should talk about it. Uh, As soon as he says that, though, she's all all apologetic, saying she didn't mean it, and that if he's unhappy, then maybe he's right. The argument ends with him basically saying, if you say we're happy, then we are. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys grow up.
1: Yeah, come on. (sighs)
0: Uh, i liked it but (laughs) (laughs) it drove me nuts maxim goes off
1: to london for work and she is completely convinced that he's dead this is another one of her crazy spirals yeah yeah so she totally thinks something's happened to him but he calls and leaves a message and he's totally fine Uh, but yeah i do this every single time my family leaves
0: like goodbye (laughs) i'll never see i'll never see you again (laughs) i know (laughs) like oh sam's late well that's it He's dead. Like, <laughs> yeah do i call the police it. do i call the hospitals like not him <laughs> i don't call him <laughs> so yes once she finds
1: that out she feels free as a bird to frolic and enjoy mannerly as she wishes she takes jasper out for a walk and when he wants to go the way down to rebecca's cove she's like oh well what can i do and just <laughs> goes on with him the beach house door is slightly ajar and jasper goes right on in and starts barking and growling at something in the corner which turns out to be ben she tells him that he shouldn't be there but she's kind to him and he tells her that she isn't like the other one turns out rebecca wasn't very understanding about ben and she threatened to put him in an asylum and told him that he would better not say
0: anything because she's a jerk yeah, so here we're starting to get clues that Rebecca may not be as great as everyone says she is. I mean, I wouldn't really be crazy about just some guy hanging around either. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, probably not. But I guess probably back in the 30s, it maybe it wasn't quite as bad to Say you are going to put someone in an asylum because that was kind of more normal (laughs) then. Oh, yeah. Because like now it's an empty threat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So on her way back from the beach, she sees a car hidden a ways down the drive, which is odd. Then when the house comes into view, she sees a man standing in one of the windows of the West Wing. And then she sees Mrs. Danvers' hand reach through and close the window. She thought that that was pretty weird. She ends up running into them, though it's clear that Mrs. Danvers is trying to avoid that from happening. The man is totally over the top, obviously has been drinking. He calls Mrs. Danvers, Danny, which is so much for me. (laughs) It's just (laughs) just, like, it's jarring. Mrs. Danvers is not Danny. It's horrible. (laughs) And he claims to be an old friend of hers. Also, her having friends just doesn't make sense to me either. (laughs) (laughs) He convinces our main character to walk him down to his car. Then he tries to get her to go for a drive with him. Everything he says is suspicious and odd, and he ends with Don't tell Maxim Oates here; he doesn't like me. You know what I would do
1: immediately tell Maxim he was there
0: <laughs> immediately, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy was gross and creepy and kidnappery, like, ugh, he's just gross.
1: You know those people who just like put their arm around you and are all jovial and crap, and you're like, I don't know you,
0: yeah, I don't
1: like you, no, please stop being weird, yeah. <sighs> So she's very confused and concerned about what is going on. She thinks that maybe Mrs. Danvers was helping him steal valuable things from the West Wing, and that's why they were there. So she decides to investigate and heads into the West Wing herself. She keeps finding, like, excuses to go and do the things that she actually wants to do.
0: Yeah, oh, what can I do? Better go. Because you're going to know what was stolen from the West Wing. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what's in there. <laughs> She finds the room that she
1: believes is the one they were in, and also the one that she had seen Danvers come out of when she last ran into her up there. All the other rooms in the wing seem to be shut down with dust sheets over everything, but this room is pristine. It's as if someone is currently living there, right down to a wrinkled nightgown strewn across the bed. So creepy. Mm -hmm. She looks around, and everything is beautiful and rich and elaborate. Then Mrs. Danvers appears behind her. She goes on and on about how she would have shown her the room if she had asked. She doesn't let anyone else in there. Her and Rebecca were so close. She shows our main character everything in the room, in detail, and says that she has left it exactly the way it was the day Rebecca died. That nightgown was the very one that she wore the night before. She says that she feels Rebecca's presence all over the house, and she wonders if she's there watching her and Maxim together. So she rushes away from her. She's supposed to go have her tea, but she runs to her room instead, now feeling very sick. Do you remember... The housemaid or whatever in The Maidens, who's all like, Oh, Oh, her? She loved me. We were like besties. It was like that, except for
0: actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. And this was, ugh, this this whole scene just made me feel so gross. (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah. She is so over the top, so obsessed. And like, she's so a skeleton. Yeah. She's a skeleton woman keeping this bedroom completely like a shrine to rebecca like and just the nightgown still wrinkled after she wore it laying there's like it is a picture of mrs devers going in and like wearing it right (laughs) and then to suggest that rebecca's watching maxim and the new mrs de winter like what is what you creepy so creepy Ugh. Yeah, I'd feel sick too. I would not be having tea after that. No, <laughs> I'd be firing Mrs. Danvers immediately. Why immediately? Did she not- <laughs> no one already.
1: Oh, that was the one thing. I've been like, why do you still work here, woman? You think Maxim would have gotten rid of her?
0: Yeah, Maxim definitely should have gotten rid of her. At this point, our main character is so meek and just takes whatever she's given, right? And yes. at this point, too, Mrs. Danvers is like kind of passive aggressive and creepy and weird. But hasn't done anything outwardly horrible. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Beatrice calls and asks if she wants to go with her to visit their grandmother. Suddenly, getting out of Manderley seems like a pretty good idea. On the drive, she asks Beatrice if she knows who this Jack Favelle is, who I don't know if we if I said his name before, but that's the guy that was all creepy. And she says that he was Rebecca's cousin and that she really didn't like him. They arrive at the grandmother's house, and she's a bit old and confused, but things seem to be going relatively okay, until suddenly she realizes that Rebecca and Maxim aren't there, and she demands to know who her main character is and what she's doing there. She gets very upset, and they are forced to leave. When she returns home, Maxim is back, and she overhears him telling Mrs. Danvers that he knows that Favelle is there and he isn't allowed to return, but he doesn't say anything about it to her. Oh, yes. She didn't say anything to him, so. Yeah just saying it wasn't her i mean it looks suspicious i felt so bad about uh the grandmother though
1: i know oh could you imagine like, what a horrible
0: <laughs> moment to be a part of Ugh.
1: yes yeah you're not rebecca
0: Ugh. Ugh. god apparently rebecca was able to put on quite a show if she made yeah. people love her that much
1: and our main character is well aware she's not rebecca yes <laughs> she thinks about it almost constantly so, a bunch of people, oh, this was. <laughs> I would have been so annoyed. I wouldn't have put on the dang ball out of no. spite. Right? Like, no, maybe next year if you behave. Yeah. Exactly. But anyways. <laughs> so, so, yeah, a bunch of people just happen to show up at the same time one day, completely uninvited, and they just expect to be entertained. During tea, someone brings up the fancy dress ball and how they absolutely must bring it back. Maxim doesn't seem thrilled, but says that it would be Frank's job to plan it. Our main character eventually pipes up and says it would be fun, so it's done. They're having a big party, so now she must think of a costume to wear because a fancy dress ball is a costume party, basically.
0: Yeah, which took me a while to figure that out. It's not just fancy
1: dresses, which would have been much easier, although also backfired pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She tries sketching a few dresses because she loves to sketch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But the sketches are tossed in the trash. Then Mrs. Danvers comes up with the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, like, she comes up with a bunch of garbage. You know, like, yeah. she actually just comes up with the garbage can yes. uh, to ask her if the drawings were supposed to be in the garbage, because she checks all the garbages every day to make sure nothing got thrown away by accident. Which I guess, okay,
0: if you have toddlers, yeah, you have to. Oh, I've realized... That's so many things have been thrown in the garbage at the shop. (laughs) Like, my my stuff that I need, I'm like, oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's just gone. Yeah. But, like, I feel like adults, for the most part. No, I don't throw anything in the garbage by accident. No.
1: Right? No. (laughs) (sighs) She acts all sweet, like she just wants to help her find something to wear, and suggests she takes inspiration from some paintings hanging in the gallery, especially the one where a woman, Caroline DeWinter... A great great grandmother or something. I'm pretty sure she was a great, or a cousin,
0: cousin or an aunt, some kind of family.
1: Yes. Yeah. She's wearing a white dress. Our main character thinks it's odd because she's being so nice to her, but she thinks it's a great idea and sends away to London to have the costume made. You know, it would be nice if that shop in London was like, oh, you know, <laughs> I've, made I've made this, made one this.
0: before. <laughs> yeah, but I guess uh, they didn't have email. No, I guess not. Also, just why are you listening to anything that Mrs. DeWinter says? Mrs. wondering. (laughs) Mrs. Danvers. Both, really. Both. Both Never listen to them. I would have chosen anything else.
1: Or you know what? Maxim kept saying, like, why don't you be Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. I would have been like, yeah, done, son.
0: Yeah. Why not? She does everything else that he wants. Right? Ugh. Yeah bad idea so she's thinking about that favel guy and how he could possibly be rebecca's cousin she goes into a daydream about rebecca getting a phone call from him which is interrupted by maxim
1: it was so good
0: (laughs) she's literally like okay we'll get into it but he (laughs) says or she thinks for in that brief moment i had so identified myself with rebecca that my own dull self did not exist she was like becoming her in that moment.
1: Yeah. You know when you're alone and you're having like one of those shower arguments like with somebody <laughs> yeah. and you're like playing out both parts and like you know you have to be saying the words out loud. You're just like ah, I yeah, no, no, he she did not. <laughs> yeah, he she did. <laughs> like, and sometimes you see people like walking down the street doing this. And you're like, ha 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 ha, 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 ha. That's embarrassing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so embarrassing. What then? Uh, do you like you, Okey Wongy?
0: Okay. I, I love don't. it very
1: much. Please go sit. Maxim says she was basically acting on her daydream at the dinner table. He said that she didn't look like herself. She had a very different expression on her face, one he didn't like very much. He said she got a flash of knowledge in her eyes and not the right kind of knowledge. Ugh. Then he goes on to basically compare her to a child and treat her like a child. He even says husbands are like fathers. Ew. Ew. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How about no? oh this is a little bit too far maxim <sighs> okay i mean um, i guess
1: it's with the 30s but yeah still. oh although you know what now that i'm thinking about it with what you told me this is true yeah mm-hmm.
0: husbands are like fathers fathers are like husbands You. <laughs> you. <laughs> hey anyways she's yeah she's literally just like acting out the whole scene that she's Got in her head about this phone call at the dinner table, and that would be uh, pretty embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get caught doing that. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> just such a weird thing to do. <laughs> like, it, yeah, I do that, but usually alone, not at the yeah. dinner table with my family. <laughs> you hope you're alone, anyways. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm not really sure about the whole flash of knowledge in her eyes and not the right kind of knowledge. It's. I just wish you would
1: elaborate when he says crappy stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's weird. So everyone is getting Manderly ready for the party, uh, but Max and Frank and our main character are trying to stay out of the way. At lunch, she says they were in the rather hearty, cheerful humor of people after a funeral. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a, a fun time. Yeah, it's always
1: – that's the. I mean, after the funeral is, is a good time.
0: Right? Yeah, and then she says it felt similar to the morning she was married. A stifled feeling that she'd gone too far now to turn back. Like that time Robert almost got fired? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, not how you want to feel after you've been married. No. Uh,
1: Although she really, she went into it a little quick, so I guess it makes sense. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's not surprising.
1: Maxim and Frank still don't know what her costume is. She's made it a surprise, and she's been making such a big deal out of it, Um, but they've still been teasing her, like, all along. Ugh. (laughs) Oh. Ma- <laughs> maxim says she should be alice in wonderland because she's a child <laughs> and frank says joan of arc because of her limp dull hair
0: <laughs> they're so cruel to her
1: it's not nice uh,
0: this so mean and she's like i'll show you so excited yeah i'll show you you're gonna be so surprised and they're like yeah okay
1: oh they're gonna be so surprised
0: (laughs) uh yeah it's the day of the party and she is so crazy excited about her costume and when she's ready she asks the band to announce her presence with drums as carolyn de winter and it's obvious right away by the lack of cheering and clapping that she had been expecting that something is very wrong Everyone looks really shocked and upset. Maxim loses it, demands to know what the hell she thinks she's doing, and that she get changed at once. She runs away crying and is confused, and sees Mrs. Denver standing in the door of the West Wing, smiling wickedly. What a bitch! Oh, gosh. oh
1: my god. This would be like mortification. Yeah. Oh. I would never stop thinking about this after it happened to me. No, never. This would be like the last thought I had on my deathbed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I I think about it all the time and it didn't happen to me. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Thank true, God right? that didn't happen to me. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so awkward too. And she's just like, band, announce me. It's <laughs> like, oh so and you just knew it was coming too. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't I didn't know exactly what it was gonna be, but I knew it wasn't gonna be good. And oh uh, cringe just so much cringing my Stop. guts were just <laughs> not it's the worst yeah so yeah it turns
1: out of course that was exactly what rebecca had worn at their last ball mrs danvers set her up so beatrice goes up to her rooms oh have you, do you mention the extreme racism i don't Okay, so you know what, Beatrice goes up. I think I just left that to us to, you know. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, Beatrice goes up to her rooms to help her find a blue dress to wear instead. And they'll just pretend that her dress didn't arrive in time or the wrong one was sent. But she refuses to go down at all, which to Beatrice is just about the worst thing she can do. It would look very bad if she didn't go to the party. Eventually she's convinced to go, but she's a hollow shell for the entire night. She goes through the motions, but she's deeply unhappy and doesn't wish to be there at all. And Maxim, he doesn't talk to her even once, which, rude.
0: Mm-hmm. How the hell was she supposed to know? Yeah. Well, he thinks he did it on purpose, because she was all like... Because that's like her. Yeah. She's all like, haha, I'll show you. I'm going to have the best costume, and you're going to be so surprised. And, I mean, they were also really mean,
1: so... <laughs> yes. But, anyways... Speaking of these costumes, Beatrice and her husband, dressed as, I believe, East
0: Indians? Yes. Like, something
1: like... like Like, she's wearing, like, a sari and a veil and, like, jingly stuff and, like, bangles. And she's, I mean, that's not great, but her husband is, like, a turban. He's dyed his skin with tea,
0: like oh it's so bad it's so bad it's so bad and they describe a few other people's costumes that are also the most racist racist.
1: description of a chinese like the long nails like taped eyes the whole like it's i was reading it as like oh my lord Uh, no oh yeah it was so bad painful (sighs) oh So, yeah, quick reminder, culture is not a costume.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, luckily this was published in 1930s. 1930s. Because this not be good now. Oh, my Mm-mm. God. No, as of this point
1: in our lives, we have not seen the 1940s Rebecca. <laughs> but I am super curious to see what they do for the fancy dress ball.
0: Yeah, we're going to be watching... <laughs> this movie this weekend and yeah i am nervous about the costumes
1: yes in the new one they did not obviously that would be really dumb (laughs) oh my god but yeah i'm nervous about it
0: but yes yeah So Maxim doesn't come to bed that night and is gone in the morning before she wakes up, though no one knows where he's gone. She calls up Frank, and he doesn't know where he's gone either. She's very upset and is convinced that Maxim thinks she did it on purpose, which he did think that, but also that he doesn't love her. He'll always just love Rebecca. Frank is adamant that he must come talk to her because he thinks he can explain, but she doesn't want to hear it, and she hangs up on him. Hear it, woman, hear it. It but also, I want to know what he was gonna say. I know, me too. Because, like, what is he gonna explain? Because he can't explain what actually happens.
1: I think Frank knows, he might, but I don't think he would tell her. No, so what would he? I, just want I to think know. he would at least tell her that, like, no, he did, he's not in love with Rebecca, she was a
0: biatch. Yeah, maybe that's what he was gonna say. Maybe I loved Frank, yeah. He was great. We never got to find out what he was going to say. Not because he dies or anything. He just forgets, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it just never <laughs> happens. <laughs> so she goes out for a walk
1: and sees Mrs. Danvers in the window of Rebecca's room again. Creep. Mm-hmm. And decides to confront her. But when she does, she finds she's been crying in there. Ugh. Okay, you're in trouble, so start crying.
0: Right. I would never do that. So do you ever work or do you just cry <laughs> in Rebecca's room in her nightgown all day? Like, come on. Come what are you on. being paid for, woman?
1: It's unexpected, but she goes on anyway, uh, accusing her of tricking her into wearing the dress on purpose, and Mrs. Danvers goes off. She tells her all sorts of things, like she should never have come to Manderley, she hates her for taking Rebecca's place, she thinks Maxim deserves to suffer for marrying so soon. We also learn that she cared for Rebecca since she was a child, and she describes her as beautiful, clever, and strong, even when she was young. So, like, I did kind of feel for her, if she's been with her since she was a little kid... I mean, okay. The attachment makes
0: more sense. but Yeah, I think it goes a little bit too far, but it definitely... Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wasn't actually her mom. <laughs> no. <laughs> does make a little bit more sense, yeah.
1: Uh, she admits to watching Maxim through the keyhole many times, pacing the library after she died. Creep.
0: It's creepy! <laughs> she goes on
1: to be quite cruel to our main character and admits that she tricked her into wearing the dress to get her back for telling Maxim about Jack Favelle visiting her, which she hadn't done... Mm -hmm. But Danvers doesn't believe her, which, to be fair, doesn't look good for her. No, it doesn't. Maxim was jealous of Jack. Everyone was. She says that Rebecca didn't care, though. She would bring men she met in London back to Manderley for the weekend. Which is so scandalous. So just not what I was expecting from a book from the 1930s. Right? And then you have to remember, like, whenever I read that kind of thing, I'm like, just divorce her. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They don't just hand out divorces like candy back then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it wasn't as easy. <laughs> also, find out that she doesn't make it as easy. And also... Yeah, it's true. Max Maxim is just so worried about how he looks and yeah. his reputation and his house and... <sighs> who cares come on who cares well maxim cares maxim cares i guess it's fine (laughs) (laughs) okay so mrs danvers tells her that she's not welcome there no one wants her there and she may as well just jump from the window and end it all and she actually considers it she puts her in like a trance yeah she's literally just like all right here i go here i go but then Three explosions shake the house. Mrs. Danvers says that it's the rockets and a ship must have come ashore, as that's the signal of a boat in distress. Immediately, Mrs. Danvers knows she is needed and returns to her usual business-like form as if nothing had happened. Crazy. She's a crazy, crazy
1: creep. Crazy.
0: (laughs) So, okay. Okay.
1: What a weird switch in tone. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, yeah, this boat is trapped in the bay, and there's no way it's going to get back out. Like, it's beached. And at one point – well, it's not beached, but you don't want to be. They can't. It's not getting out there. Yeah. It's stuck. Yeah. They need a tow boat. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, they sent a diver down to check out the damage under the boat, and the diver found a huge hole, of course, but also a small sailboat. Rebecca's boat. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the cabin door was closed, and when they opened it, they found a body inside. Well, I'm guessing it's more like a skeleton. I would but. think so. Although if it's a year, I don't know. Why do I act like I know about how bodies decompose? Because I've watched CSI a lot.
0: Yes, I was going to say, I've watched a lot of CSI. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's probably not a skeleton yet. Anyways. Although maybe fishy. I, I don't know. No, the cabin was closed. No fishies got eat her. Yeah. Doesn't matter.
0: Here I we go. I don't know. It's a body anyways.
1: The captain of the ship knew whose boat it was and that it meant that she hadn't been alone and that he must report it. But he comes up to Manderly to tell Maxim about it first. Finally, our main character gets a chance to talk to him about what happened to the party, but he's basically forgotten all about that. Which, of course,
0: mm-hmm.
1: your crime has just washed up.
0: <laughs> yes, he's got more important things to worry about.
1: <laughs> he was angry, yes, but it doesn't matter anymore. He says that Rebecca has won. No matter what, she's always stood between them. He could never escape. And now they would never be happy. Our main character is confused. Uh-huh. Then he admits that it's not Rebecca's companion's body in the boat, but Rebecca herself. And he knows that because he put her there. He shot her there, took the boat out, and sunk it. Dun, dun, dun. dun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I When I
1: read this the first time, because when we read it recently, it was a reread. I, oh, everything was so shocking to me. Mm -hmm. Like, these are not so many tropes and stuff come from classics and whatever. But like, oh, yeah, I just didn't see it coming.
0: Yeah, I I did not get the feeling that Maxim killed her. I knew something was up, but I didn't think it was that. Right. I thought that was too easy Mm -hmm. that Maxim had killed her. But like, it's so much
1: more complicated than that. Because, yeah, we found out what Rebecca said, and then we found out the tri- – oh, it's just oh, – I love it. It just yeah. keeps twisting and going back on itself, and
0: I loved it. Well, I am glad that you were also tricked. Yeah. It wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah so so, okay so this is not the news she or anyone was expecting to hear uh she's stunned and then even more so when maxim finally declares his love for her and kisses her passionately as he has never done before that's what you want finally after
1: he's admitted (laughs) to the murder of his wife yeah
0: I killed my late wife. Come here. (laughs) (laughs) And she's so happy about it. (laughs) She's so stoked. But at first, she doesn't respond as enthusiastically as he was expecting, because, I mean, it's quite a shock what's just happened. Right? So he pushes her away and says, he's too late. She doesn't love him. How could she? (laughs) Now he's switched, and now he's her (laughs) from before. Uh, She tries to argue, but he's like, no, no, there's no hope for us. It's over. Ugh. So then finally, he stops being so dramatic, and they try to figure out what to do. Turns out he thought she was being weird the whole time, too, never talking to him, talking to Frank more. She seemed bored and unhappy, and her response was, how was she supposed to be when she felt he was always comparing her to Rebecca and still loving her, unable to get over her death? So they're just going along, not communicating with each other at all. Communication is so important. so important. Yeah. And they both were like, why are they being so weird? Why is nobody talking to me? Because you're not talking to them.
1: Generally, I think in a relationship, at some point, you are going to talk about your past relationships a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you had a dead wife in there, you better believe we're going to talk about that before we (laughs) put a ring on it. Yes. What? Oh, God. Anyways. Maxim's like, what? You think I love Rebecca? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, everything was pointing to Maxim loves Rebecca. He seemed pretty devastated (laughs) by her death. (laughs) So it turns out he hated her, always hated her, and she was awful, and they never loved each other for even a second. He describes her as vicious, damnable, rotten, incapable of love, tenderness, or decency. He says a week after their marriage, she told him about herself and the things she had done, and he knew that he'd made a mistake, but to get a divorce or reveal any of it would create such a scandal and be bad for Manderly, so he stayed. You know what? Not that I would ever break up with my husband. We're good. But, like, I would not be worried about my house.
0: No. (laughs) Not the reputation of my house.
1: (laughs) I guess my house isn't Manderly, though, is it?
0: (laughs) I just... I mean, it sounded good and stuff, but I don't know if I—I I just don't care about that kind of stuff,
1: right? Yeah, I guess if I'm
0: just no—if
1: my whole life and like my family's reputation was maybe if I had like a farm, a
0: really oh. fancy
1: farm.
0: <laughs> oh, me and Sam can never get divorced because what would it do to the coffee shop? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it
1: is. Times times are changing. <laughs> yeah. So he stayed, even though she cheated on him all the time and was just a generally horrible person. He finally decides he's had enough and confronts her, but she says no one will ever believe him. They've put on the show of a loving couple far too well, and also he has no proof against her. Then she admits that she's pregnant, but he'll never know if the baby is actually his, and everyone, including him, is going to be so happy that there's an heir to Manderley. But I feel like they probably weren't doing it,
0: so he'll have to pretend that this kid is his. Yeah. Just so that your house looks good still? Come yeah. Come on. Come on. So instead of that happening, he doesn't want to make his house look bad. He just shoots her right in the heart. Yeah. I mean, you'd rather have a murderer on the title. <laughs> yeah. Then he realizes, crap, I have to clean up all this blood. <laughs> <laughs> so he does. He cleans up the blood. He puts her in a boat, sinks it. The end. She's gone.
1: <laughs> but now <laughs> they're going to bring the boat out of the water the next day and try to identify the body. The police are involved, of course. When she wakes up in the morning, Maxim's already gone to deal with the boat, and our main character suddenly has a new lease on life. (laughs) She's awoken with a new confidence that is very much unlike her. She admonishes the maid for not cleaning and preparing the morning room before her arrival, which she would never do before. (laughs) No. (laughs) She looks over the menus for the day, scoffs at it all, and sends a message to Mrs. Danvers saying to do it all over again. When Mrs. Danvers asks what's wrong and why she didn't handle it in the way Rebecca did, her response is, I'm afraid it does not concern me very much what Mrs. DeWinter used to do. I am Mrs. DeWinter now. Yeah, girl, that's the attitude you should come into this with. Yes. Mrs. Danvers has heard rumors about the boat and the body and wants to know if it's true, but she's given nothing. Obviously,
0: no. Get out of here i love this though it's so funny yes just wakes up in the morning and is like oh yeah i am queen of this house i am mrs yeah. de winter yeah because maxim does not love her never did and that's all i care about never mind the body <laughs> yeah doesn't matter that she's been murdered yeah right. as long as he doesn't love her we're good to go
1: oh what my husband <laughs> murdered a
0: pregnant woman he didn't love her so it doesn't matter it's all good the boat is brought up and the body is identified there is no doubt that it's Rebecca there must be an inquest into the case everyone is certain that she just went down into the cabin to get something and then the boat capsized trapping her because everyone is sure that it was just an accident they assume that the inquest is just a formality and it'll be over with in no time But when the boatmaker gives his testimony, he says that he checked the boat when it was brought up. And there were three distinct holes in the bottom of the boat. And there was no other way they could have been put there other than someone putting them there with a spike. So our main character, she comes to the hearing
1: or whatever. And she's like, oh, actually, I've changed my mind. I'm just going to stay outside in the car. And then at the very end, she's like, oh, you know what? No, I think I will go inside. (laughs) And then the I don't know guards let her in and she sits in the back and then when he's giving his testimony she faints like yeah. dramatically passes out in the back it's <laughs> it's so good it's so good
0: and then yeah max is just <laughs> like get my wife out of here yeah <laughs> my
1: wife she's fainting <laughs> uh i wish i could faint on command
0: oh i've never fainted in my day my life
1: <laughs> yeah no i could get andrew to some awesome stuff just like fainting all the time
0: i mean probably fake it
1: uh no i would laugh
0: hundred <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, 100%. laughs> oh i always have so many good tricks but i can't do it without laughing <laughs> uh, yeah. so all right yeah uh when she
1: comes to frank takes her home
0: which i th- he think he's pretty bummed about because he wanted to stay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just feel like she could have just went and waited in the car Like, why are you driving her home? Come on. Isn't it
1: a long drive, I feel like? It is. um, Just the driveway alone.
0: Yeah. Come on. Whatever.
1: (laughs) So she waits and waits for Maxim to return. And when he does, he says that Rebecca's death has been deemed a suicide and her body will be properly buried in the family crypt that night. So they have tea uh, before he has to go meet the vicar. And Maxim proclaims that this is their chance to start again together with Rebecca behind them. Or is it? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> shortly after maxim leaves jack pavel shows up looking for maxim he does not believe the story about rebecca committing suicide because he has a note that rebecca wrote him asking him to meet her that night because she had something important to tell him but he doesn't want to expose maxim though he could have at the inquest instead he wants to blackmail him he asks for a few thousand dollars a year the rest of his life to keep him comfortable and silent Maxim isn't having any of it, and since Jack won't leave, he calls the police himself. It's so funny. I love it so Oh my god, <laughs> it's
1: so good. Like, this is the best part. He I comes know. in, like, fine, I'm gonna blackmail you. And he's like, 911, hi, police? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: this guy's trying to blackmail me. <laughs> he full-on knows he murdered her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's so risky, oh my god, but Ugh. it's so funny. He doesn't even, like, bat an eye. It's so funny.
1: Yeah, so Colonel Julian shows up, J- Jack shows him the letter and tells him that Rebecca – it's so funny because he wasn't planning on showing anybody this letter, but now he kind of like has to, like, oh, here's a letter I have. <laughs>
0: yeah, and they're like, why didn't you show him this at the inquest? <laughs>
1: like- so yeah, he tells him that as Rebecca's cousin and prospective husband, had she lived, <laughs> ugh, what?
0: Yeah, oh, no.
1: He doesn't think that she committed suicide. He thinks that she was murdered and that Mr. Maximilian de Winter was her murderer. Then he laughs like a maniac and stumbles, (laughs) and the colonel realizes that he's completely wasted. So basically, he doesn't believe anything he says.
0: He's (laughs) like, this man is drunk! (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's
0: just so funny. (laughs) Uh,
1: He asks why he didn't present this evidence at the inquest, and Maxim informs the colonel that Jack came to Manderley to try and blackmail him instead. This looks pretty bad. Besides, the colonel says that even if he wasn't drunk, he has no proof or witnesses but Jack thinks he can get a witness. He knows that Ben was always hanging around the beach and the cottage, and there's a good chance he saw what happened that night. So Maxim sends for him. <laughs> this really was, I think, the best part of the book.
0: It was. <laughs> I loved it. So they bring Ben in and he says he's never seen Jack before. He doesn't know anything. And Jack is pissed. So he sends for Mrs. Danvers and insists that she tell everyone that Rebecca loved him. But she says that she didn't. She loved no one and that he was a joke to her. So now he's really pissed. Mrs. Danvers produces Rebecca's day planner, and it shows that she had an appointment with someone named Baker the day she died. They find out that he is a doctor, a woman specialist, and they plan on going to see him the next day to find out what was wrong with Rebecca.
1: My favorite thing in this whole thing, though, <laughs> is how they found that out. They just, like, <laughs> Frank just starts dialing random numbers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. They have, like... The phone number was weird and it was missing some information <laughs>
1: yeah it's like B and then you just dial three more numbers yeah Ugh, it was so
0: funny yes yeah, so he's just calling random numbers I'm looking for someone named Baker no okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> bye try this okay ding, ding 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 hello is this dr. Baker no okay goodbye. <laughs> it's- it's- so So good yeah so uh, when they get to his house our main uh, being the doctor Mm
0: -hmm.
1: our main character and maxim are expecting that the doctor will tell them that rebecca was pregnant and they're worried that instead of providing a motive for suicide it will provide a motive for murder the doctor tells them that rebecca actually had incurable cancer she wasn't pregnant at all she had lied to maxim that day she could never get
0: pregnant so she had so much cancer yeah So that's it. Jack has nothing on them and everyone starts heading home. Maxim calls Frank along the way to tell him what happened. And Frank tells him that Mrs. Devers is gone. She's moved out. And then when they're almost home, they see a light in the horizon that almost looks like the sun is rising, but it's only 2 a.m. And it's also the wrong direction. As they get closer, they realize it's actually Manderley burning. My. I think it was Mrs. Danvers.
1: Has to be. She definitely set the house on fire and then pieced it. Uh, Favel definitely called her and was like, yo, burn it. Because he said something to the effect of like, oh, well, we still have one more card to play or something like that. Yeah. But it's such a good ending. I love it. And now every time something ends with something being on fire, I'm like, Rebecca did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is familiar.
0: Yeah, and it was just over.
1: It was done. Yeah. That's the book. Oh, so yeah, Maxim just gets away with murder.
0: <laughs> yep, of course. He's yep. rich and white. <laughs> yes. And a man. Yep, he just... So... Yeah, they just travel around. I mean, this whole inquest that they were doing anyways, was late. it was just a formality. Nobody thought that he did anything. They were just like, yeah, we gotta do this, because there's a body. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you did it or not. No one cares. So yeah, um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. It was... Such an enjoyable read. I found it to be a little bit – like, the last quarter was a little bit slow, although the whole scene that we've been laughing at just, like, really (laughs) picked it up for me. Oh, it's so good. I think once, like, the boat came ashore, like, that went on – it went on a little bit too long, but not long enough to, like, bring down the star rating for me. It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed reading the book. It's so, like – Everybody. If you mentioned Rebecca,
1: it's atmosphere. That's the word that's used. But there isn't another word for it. Because out of probably any book I've ever read, that one has like, if I had to define a book with atmosphere, that is like the perfect example. So, oh, it's so good. I love it. It just really takes me in. And my reread was just as good as my first read so
0: yeah the whole atmosphere thing we mentioned well we've talked about how in the 2020 version of the movie how all the atmosphere and all the darkness and the spookiness and everything was taken out of the movie Mm -hmm. there was none of that it was actually quite sunny yeah and bright (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's like a
1: coldness to this book that i love and like this weird distance but yeah it was mm. we've actually talked so much about rebecca with a friend of ours on her podcast called the barely bookish podcast so if you want to hear us talking about rebecca for like a hundred (laughs) years yeah keep an eye out for that yes i don't know when it's coming out actually at all but
0: i don't either but we will let you guys know yes we will when it does come out uh, what have we got? Six episodes or something? Yes, yeah, so I think it's six
1: episodes. And then we also have done two for her Patreon yeah. um, that are about the movies, which actually, sh- we'll mention, we are going to put uh, episodes about or an episode talking about the 1940 version on our Patreon. If you're interested, you could subscribe to our Patreon and get the extra bonus episodes. Uh, If you go over to patreon.com slash best book club and sign up, it only costs $3 a month to gain access to our bonus content. So yeah, we're going to post the episode where we talk about the movies, specifically, probably the 1940s film adaptation, because I have a feeling it's going to be better. But we will also talk about the other one, probably as a contrast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about how they compare to each other. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. But yeah, you do not want to miss that. So definitely head over to Patreon and support our little podcast. Yeah, But that is all we have for you this week. If you've read this book or watched the movies, we want to hear your thoughts. You can find us at best underscore book club on Instagram and Facebook, or send us an email at best underscore book club at outlook.com. And just a reminder about book club. Oh yeah. Book club. Yeah. So we are reading Outlawed by Anna North. So don't forget to pick up a coffee. Don't forget to pick up a copy of that and read along with us. Thought you're just trying to rub in that I can't drink coffee right now. Make sure you pick up a coffee. Oh no, 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 sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can't, can you? (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. Sucker.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: So yeah, definitely read that with us, guys. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Um, Otherwise, though, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.